really, these games aren't perfect. I was saying to Sidney Crosby late last night here in Nashville. But as long as you guys keep coming through with the correct outcomes, it's a nice way to show some progress. To which Sid responded, exactly. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning from Nashville. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Penguins 3, Predators 1. Not the prettiest performance. Certainly not in the first period, as Brian Rust said to me afterward. Anytime you give up a breakaway in the first 10 seconds, you're not off to a great start. Can't argue with that, right? Eventually, the Penguins found their legs. Uh, They started moving the puck very quickly and very efficiently, which as any coach at any level of the world's fastest game will tell you, is the best way to generate speed, way more than with your skates. And they started to take it to Nashville, and they started peppering UC Soros. And eventually, with Sid's breakaway goal in the third period, really nice shot under the blocker arm. They were able to break through. Jason Zucker scores with a little more than a minute left to give the Penguins a lead, and then Rust finishes it off with a really nice empty net goal. Tristan Jari, I thought, was outstanding, 24 saves. But, you know, (laughs) you keep waiting for that big breakthrough. I keep mentioning this Winnipeg game from in November, you know, but like that, where you say, wow, they can do this with anybody. They can compete with anybody. And then along comes a first period like that when you know they they need the two points. Not that they want, not that they prefer, they need these two points. And the other side had just traded a treasured defenseman in Matthias Heckholm an hour before faceoff. Should have been deflated. They've traded a bunch of guys the Predators have. They still have talent, as you saw. They still have goaltending, as you saw. But they really should have been bummed out, and they definitely should not have looked like the more energetic side through the first 20 minutes and change. But you you want to write off the Penguins to an extent, don't you? Is there an evil side in you that wants to write them off? Like, did you want to do that after Edmonton? Was that supposed to be the end? That's it. Blow this up. I'm all done with this. I got a ton of it, by the way ton of that kind of feedback. But they don't let you. They don't let you. They dominated in St. Louis. And even then, they blew a late lead. But they won. They didn't let you off. The game against the Lightning, they fell behind. Maybe you started thinking some bad thoughts there, too. But then everyone remembered, hey, Brian Elliott's in goal. And then he just started firing away. And what do you know? It became a blowout but one that you can pretty much discard. And then there's this one. And I'm not really quite sure what to make of it, other than that one word that I got from Sid. I did press a little further. So did this team starting to get where you wanted to, some of the stuff you were talking about last week in general, in terms of performance? I know it wasn't perfect. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
yeah, I think we're we're getting there. I think we'd still like to limit the chances against and and make sure that uh, you know we're not putting ourselves in bad spots just from our own doing. Make teams work for their chances if they're going to get them. And I think uh, you know penalty kill was really good. Our power play has got to pick it up a little bit, and we can be difference makers and and help in games, especially like this that are tight. So. Yeah, I'd say, you know, power play and just limiting our mistakes are two areas we'll look to improve. But, you know, we've been competing hard and getting rewarded for it. So I want to keep going. See, they know. They know. Sid knows. Everybody in there knows. But this isn't it. They're not there yet. And that's where the Thursday trade deadline comes into play. Because you know it's coming. You know something's going to happen, especially now with Brock McGinn, Mark Friedman added to the waiver wire. They're not doing that for nothing. They're creating cap space so that they can make a significant trade or trades. Mike Sullivan himself acknowledged that after the game. But you can't help but wonder how much they need because nobody in their right mind could look at this team right now, even as it's winning, even as they've won three in a row, and say to themselves, Oh, yeah, man, they're, they're just one player away. They are right there on the precipice. Get this guy over here, and they're going to be better than the Bruins. And nobody, nobody, nobody would think that. So what you have to see concurrently with any moves that get made is this team has to keep progressing. And as long as they are progressing... Hey, you know, might as well stabilize the standings a little bit when we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Family Table, a local company that brings delicious food to busy families in our area. They offer family-style complete meals or a la carte items like lean proteins, perfect for muscle building and weight loss. They're delivered straight to your door. These meals only need to be reheated. No prep, no mess. If you're not local, gift cards are available for your Pittsburgh-based family and friends. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com and use the code DK20 to get 20% off and free delivery on your first order. Again, that's FamilyTablePGH.com. The code is DK20 to get 20% off. I have no choice whatsoever but to make this today's J1Q because it came from so many people. But I'll pick Rick Callen's name out of the hat. He asks, how can Brock McGinn play in a game if he's on waivers? I'm confused about that. Well, so apparently was everyone else. I can tell you that the general public's perception of the word whether it's waivers or waived or wave, and that's the one with the I in it, is that you're immediately gone. It's, it, it's to a lot of people the equivalent of a release or just being cut. And that's just not accurate. Let me explain what waivers are here. And I, I'm sorry if this is boring after a fairly interesting game here last night, but it, it seemed to be of value, this information, to a lot of people. When you get put on waivers, the team that put you there has done so 
so that the other 31 can claim you if they so choose. If they don't claim you within a specific time period, and that's going to be this afternoon, then you can pass through to the minor leagues or you can stay right where you are. You don't actually have to go down. Players are put on waivers all the time. It's only recently that that information began leaking to Canadian reporters and then it gets out to everybody. So it's not as common as it used to be, but it still happens a ton. And you'll notice that only a fraction of the players who get put on waivers actually end up getting moved somewhere. Well, in this case, it was a pretty high profile placement, not because McGinn is some great player or whatever, but because the Penguins are a high profile team that's looking for solutions to try to get themselves back into contention. So here's how this works. McGinn remains property of the Penguins. Obviously, he played. Mark Friedman also was placed on waivers. He didn't play, but that's because he's coming off an injury. I saw him outside the locker room after the game. He didn't go anywhere either. The Penguins don't lose that player's rights unless someone claims him. No one did, as of when I'm talking to you right now, very early Wednesday morning. Taking this further into what really matters, if someone does claim, again, let's say Carolina, his old team, they have a ton of cap space, they know what he's all about, they presumably value him since they had him employed there for a while. Let's say that the Canes say, well, yeah, that's right, we want McGinn, we need a good role player, we can stick him in the press box or whatever else. Well, if they do that, they're now responsible for the entire remainder of McGinn's contract. And at the risk of sounding mean here, that would be the second coming of Christmas within a week. Because now you would have gotten rid of Kapanen's entire contract, which had another year, and McGinn's, which has another couple years. And that would be a very, very good thing for two players who were not remotely productive in Pittsburgh. If... McGinn passes through waivers and the Penguins decide to send him to Wilkes-Barre Scranton, they would save $1.1 million on the cap this year. And that would, when you couple it with the savings from Kapanen and what, what petty amount they had before that, would put them at around close to $4 million in cap space because you'd also have to presume that Friedman would go through. If you have $4 million in available cap space heading into a deadline, you can pretty much get who you want. The other side is going to have to do some creative things in terms of maybe cutting some of the money off, cutting some of the cap space off on their end. Maybe they take another player off your hands if you throw in the right amount of draft picks or the right level of draft picks. Penguins don't really have prospects to give up, so we're almost certainly talking about draft picks. But you've got, you've got the cap space. That's why this was done, and that's why he played. And here's hoping no one at any level of this organization was influenced even slightly by what was a pretty nice performance by McGinn in one game. 
I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow from Tampa, Florida.